The coroner tried to pry the bear loose, then gave up and covered the pale face with the sheet. Walker picked up the loose hand and folded it across the stretcher. He stood over the little body, feeling helpless and very much alone. Her face haunted him. Maybe it was a quirk of the trade, but Walker always thought in terms of story. If a thing moved him, he assumed it would move his readers as well. Sometimes he got rid of something by simply letting enough time go by, and sometimes writing about it was easier and faster. He remembered a story the Des Moines Register had done some years before about a fatal car accident. Some reporter had reconstructed the lives of all those kids right up to the moment when their cars came together in that crossroad. Hell of a story. His kind of piece. Driving through the Jersey streets, he thought of the little girl in those terms. Interview some survivors, maybe take them through their day. Not many, just four or five. No, three. Three was perfect. Probably have to interview twenty just to get the ones he wanted. Start tomorrow with the little girl, her father, mother, whoever had brought her to the circus. Make a few calls, see if they would be willing to talk about it. People were funny that way. Sometimes just when you thought they were about to clam up, something would come out that was so incredible, so great, that it lifted the piece and made it sail. It all depended on how you asked the questions. Such arrogance. Walker was on his way to a job interview, with no guarantee that there would even be a newspaper to write for tomorrow. But he would get the job. He always did. He walked into the Tribune and into chaos. A guard directed him to the newsroom, and the first person he saw as he opened the door was some gruff-looking bird right out of MacArthur and Hecht, sitting in the slot on city desk and passing copy to a kid. Jesus, it made him want to laugh. But it was an emotional laugh filled with nostalgia. The Tribune was an old building less than an hour out of New York. It was big and cumbersome. The lights were bad and the floor creaked. The desks were wooden antiques and the typewriters were old royals with all their insides showing. Walker had come in on the tail end of the fire story. People were breaking their asses to get from here to there. Hot copy flowed along the chain of command, and all of it seemed to be funneled through a single rewrite man named Woodford. Walker sat at an empty desk and watched Woodford work. He recognized at once the hustle of an old wire service man. Woodford had surely done time in some AP or UPI bureau in the middle of nowhere, some dead-end place where speed is what counts and you might rewrite fifty little stories in a single eight-hour day. Nobody rode as fast as old wire service men. Across the room, a young lady called, Frank, I've got another survivor on two. Woodford strapped on his headset and talked to the survivor. While he talked, his fingers kept pounding out finished copy, which was ripped from his machine and sent along the chain to the back shop. Walker looked at the clock. He knew the Tribune, an afternoon paper, would be a good forty minutes over deadline now holding the page open for everything that could be fit in. Walker looked up the chain and saw, standing at the head of the room, a graying man who was probably the editor, Hiram Burns, reading each pink dupe as it passed along his desk.
Occasionally, Burns got up and asked somebody a question. The question traveled backward along the entire chain of command and eventually reached a reporter in the field who either answered it or hurried away to find another source. Walker found himself thinking of other newspapers and other breaking stories, and of the dead who were always the unknown elements in those stories. And suddenly, the chaos ended. Across town they might still be counting the bodies, but for Hiram Burns and his staff of Tribune wordsmiths, the day was done. The back shop could hold no longer. The paper was put to bed for another day. Burns had seen Walker come in. He motioned Walker back to his office, a private inner sanctum, carpeted, paneled, and decorated with journalistic awards. They shook hands. Burns said he had read his stuff and liked it. We've been going crazy around here, Burns said. Circus tent caught fire about an hour ago. Walker didn't say anything. He didn't want to start out by being interviewed as witness to a breaking story. Who needed that? Well, Burns sat behind the desk and lit a cigar. I want you to meet our city editor, Joe Kanan. He'll be in as soon as he gets the loose ends tied up. What do you think of our plant? So far, I like it fine. But Burns was laughing. Don't bite your tongue on my account. I bet I know the first thing you thought when you opened that door. Jesus, God, the front page. Tell me the truth. The thought did cross my mind. Burns was still laughing. That's all going to change in another year. We'll be getting new furniture, and we're converting to coal type now. I can't wait to get those old royals out of here. Walker didn't tell him, but the idea saddened him. He liked the newsroom the way it was, and he'd always loved the front page. The thought of steel filing cabinets and steel desks and computer terminals depressed him. Burns launched into the interview and went about as expected. Burns talked mainly about the Tribune, as though the paper, not Walker, were the interviewee. In a sense, that was true enough. Walker hadn't exactly been looking for work when Hiram Burns called from out of the blue and asked him to come in. Managing editors never asked about him. They knew all they needed to know about Dalton Michael Walker. They knew he had won the Pulitzer at Newsday while still in his mid-twenties. If they knew about the dozen-odd newspaper jobs he had had since then, it didn't seem to bother them. Because if the prize wasn't enough... He'd won the National Book Award five years later for an investigation of labor union corruption. The Book Award was for distinguished achievement in contemporary affairs, the Pulitzer for what was strictly a writer's piece, his sensitive penetration of a dying woman's emotions, a woman he thought he would never forget, a woman of rare beauty and courage, a woman he never thought about anymore. The Tribune seemed hot to get him, and he needed the job. It had been six months since he had worked anywhere, and the novel he had planned to write just hadn't worked out. Maybe he was only a reporter after all. Maybe fiction was a step or two above him. So when Hiram Burns called, Dalton Walker jumped. The Tribune had been a smallish daily covering the mundane happenings of the Jersey outback, but last year it was absorbed into the Knapp newspaper chain, and now it had national pretensions. Knapp wanted to do in New Jersey what Newsday had done on Long Island, 
hard-hitting features of national interest that would go on the wire to Knapp's ten other papers around the country. Hiram Burns had been hired away from the Los Angeles Times to oversee the frantic growth that followed. That much Walker knew about the Tribune. Burns told him more. People in this business get defensive about what they do. Sometimes it takes a load of dynamite to blast away those old ideas. You'll see who the problems are for yourself before long. When Knapp took over, they swept out some good people along with the bad and brought in some bad people along with the good, some in fairly strategic positions. My job is to get them the hell out of the way and make this thing a newspaper. You're the first of my hand-picked men. Walker, I'm telling you this because I want you here. I mean, I really want you here. Walker just looked at him. I don't want you getting pissed off and quitting in the first ten minutes, Burns said. I know how many places you've worked and why you quit each one. I can't tell you you won't have those frustrations here, too. I wish I could. All I'm saying is, if things start to get to you, take it up with me before you jump ship. Don't feel that you were hired to win us a Pulitzer. I don't want you working under that kind of pressure. You're here to get good stuff in the paper, and that's all you're here to do. I want stuff that reads like a bastard, stuff that tears our goddamn hearts out. Walker stared into a dark corner and saw a tiny white face there. Stuff will be proud to send down the wire to the chain, Burns said. That's the only way I can make my case to old man Knapp when the chips are down. I hear you, Walker said. Great. The job's yours. It was yours before you ever walked in.